Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Thank God things are finally weird on The Bachelorette, Taylor. I'm so excited to talk about it. (laughs) I know. We've had some like dull weeks where we haven't even really recapped it because it's just been like somewhat predictable. Like we've been watching, but it just hasn't been chat worthy. And yeah, I found this episode really juicy. I also find that I'm... I'm coming around on Katie more in now that she has like fewer guys and she is communicating with them in a more specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having more fun even watching her than I was towards the beginning of the season. I was so happy. She was like, hey, Greg, I have a feeling you're going to leave. I was like, yes, I love that you're calling him out on it because I think Greg is such a passive passive little pup oh my god don't you just like like know that that guy have you ever had a crush on a guy like that before yeah yeah only and like (laughs) those lazy ass hot guys are you kidding it's like it's just so he's just he yes ands her that's all he does she'll be like I just think our connection is so amazing and he'll be like yeah our connection is amazing and she's not I think she's just in in lust and in puppy love with him. And this man is not going to propose to her like he's not. He looks like he doesn't fully under even understand like the concept of the show. He's just so busy being like cute. Yeah. Also, like it was very revealing to me this whole episode that uh, Greg and also the the virgin they have strange relationships with the women in their family. Greg was like, oh, my sister always says like the most unattractive thing about me is that I'm insecure. And I'm like, I don't talk to my brother about like what's attractive about him. (laughs) Like I just don't. That's just not a conversation we have as siblings. So I was uh, speaking of siblings watching this episode with Tony's sister, Amber, and we were both squirming when Virgin Baseball player was like, you're almost as good of a cuddler as my mom. And we were like, ew, like imagine being on a date or even just (laughs) touching a guy and he's moved to tell you about touching his mom. Like, Listen, I love a guy who's good to his mom, but, like, there is such a line, dude, and you're crossing it. It was just, like, doing him no favors being dressed in a full cult outfit with this, like, very angry cuddle queen who was, like, (laughs) upset that they were laughing and him just being like, you really take on emotions like my mom. And I'm just, it's on the one hand, I'm like really sad for that guy because clearly he has been very repressed his whole life. But on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, way to make yourself look like a complete psycho on national television. I know. And doesn't it make you feel like, I feel like they got to this point and the producers were like, oh snap, you know what we didn't do? We didn't like really put the virgin in a pressure cooker. Yeah. We didn't keep him to the top seven. <laughs> Give him an insane, <laughs> sensual, sexual date and make Katie dump him in the middle of it. Like, let's just keep... He had, like, such weird false hope because of how p- far he was dragged. And in any other season, I feel like this sort of, like, playing on that character type would have happened maybe a few episodes ago and it would be less insane. But I did feel... I did feel bad for him because it was just... Eh, 
very cringeworthy. I did like really enjoy it though because this is what I'm looking for <laughs> the ba- from The Bachelorette. Like I don't want just regular like I like her, no I like her. I want to see like crazy people make very strange decisions that make me laugh, you know? So mm. thank mm. you. Thank you for picking it up, uh, virgin guy. <laughs> um, yeah. He's one of the Michaels. Yeah, I think he is one of the Michaels too, and and you know as he should be one of the Michaels. <laughs> I also am like so skeeved out by Blake. I'm like he is definitely the kind of guy who just like covers his junk in body spray, and then you like give him a blowjob, and you're like, ah, my mouth is on fire. It's like I'm like it's all alcoholy. <laughs> Oh my god, that's such a fair option. I couldn't agree more. I hate him. I hate. I mean, he's so like, uh, like goofy to me in a way that every once in a while I just go, oh, you know what? Blake Boynes is harmless. And then a second later, I'm like, this man is the worst human being. He is causing danger to society. He's a menace to society. I just like can't make up my mind because he seems like such a just dingus. What I will say is, I feel like. Greg is going to absolutely not propose and that Blake is going to be like, I actually think we should get married right now. I would get married to you right here, right now on this desert resort. And that's just, I think his meant he's just so such a gung ho little guy. Right. Yeah, I think he's like the male version of Adorkable. And I was looking at his Instagram and it's like him in a cutoff flannel, like casually flexing his muscle, like giving side eye like eh, to the camera. And I'm just like, oh, God, you're too self-aware. I can't. I don't like it. I don't feel like this is genuine. I feel like she I feel like Greg is going to leave. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I either think he's going to leave or he's going to not propose to her. Yeah. Or. And I was on, uh, or yesterday, earlier this week, the Chicks in the Office podcast. And mm-hmm. their theory is that she picks Blake. Blake does not propose and says, I just want to be boyfriend, girlfriend. And that they are broken up by the final rose. Or excuse mm. me, the after the rose special. They were like, that. it just like screams. And I, I somewhat agree because I think he gives me uh, Jed vibes. Like, yeah, he's just yeah. along for the ride. And then once the cameras stop, he's going to be like, I'm so sorry, but I like actually didn't even fully understand what was going on this whole time. Can you catch me up? <laughs> I would if I was her, I think the hottest of the guys left is probably Greg. But I just don't think that he that he's ready for like a real commitment at this oh, point. You don't think Justin is hot? I don't really know their names. I'm going to be honest with okay, you. Justin is the one with the crazy facial expressions who paints a lot. Oh. And he is like the tallest one of the bunch left. And I just think, well. No, he's hot. He's like, hot. He's very hot. I, I don't think they have a lot of a, a spark to me. But I do think that he's so sexy. He seems so suave. Like, even last week when everybody was crying over Connor, he was, like, he was very sad, but in a very, like, this is such a shitty, again, toxic masculine thing for me to say. But he was, like, not crying and being, like, such a dad in that moment. I loved it. <laughs> and I think he's really darling. And I do love the uh, the facial expressions to the camera. So I think she's taking him to Fantasy Suites to bonk Justin I think she wants to leave with Greg. I think Blake is a backup. And I think what's happening with Michael A is like really tearing me apart. I'm like yeah. so sad. It's that so he's going clear. so far. Yeah. I like, uh, and, and 
in her conversations, she's like, I can't wait to meet your child. Like, I picture a life with you where I'm buying juice boxes. And, <sighs> oh, my God, Amber and I were just sitting there with our mouths open being like, this is going too far unless you're going to pick him. And I just, like, don't believe that she will. No, I don't think so either. I think he's a really nice person, and I don't think he should be on the show. It's too sad. And yeah. I, I think it's it's kind of crazy to me that she knew so many right things to say. I don't know that I would be able to – handle that situation in that way. Um, mm-hmm. I just thought the way that she was speaking about how they would explore their relationship with his kid is like really mature and um, yeah. the way that you should go about it. But we can all tell that she's not going to pick him. So it's so sad. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. fine. Okay. What did you think of this whole Andrew thing? Okay. Do you not, first of all, Andrew's Darling, I think he's so cute. Here's I, the thing. I, he lost me with his fake British accent, obviously. Yeah. But yes, yeah, okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah. I don't think – I. yeah, there was a lot that was very, like, cheesy where it's like I don't think I – I would I would just like want to hang out with him. I seem I think that they have a fun time together, the like Taco Bell stuff and the like just joking around. He seems very darling, very cute. Uh but I think it's the right move to get rid of him because he was clearly so starting to get really infatuated with her and I think she was pick, like sort of starting to friend zone him. Mm-hmm. But the the coming back, I loved the coming back and saying, I wanted to end this on a joyous note. I right. actually did like that. I rarely like when there's a, hey, actually, I'm back. I have something else to say. It's usually stupid. I thought it was nice because it, it, it felt felt authentic to the you know little character that they were building for him on the show of him being a sort of a joyous guy. And he's like, I just want to leave like on a positive note with some laughter. But then to literally leave that I'll be waiting for you note, I was over it. That pushed me. I was like, this is too much. I'm not happy about this. What did you think? Yeah, I was just confused. Like, why would you put that there and then not want to come back? But I you know, I get why you don't want to come back, but then why would you say, like, I'll be waiting if you change your mind? Exactly. You know what I mean? It's very Pick confusing. Because she, um, she goes, okay, so would you want to come back? And he's like, no. I, and it's the right move to not come back, just like it's the right move to not wait for her. He's yeah. basically saying the rest of your process is, is bullshit, and I know it. He's just like, I, yeah, this is not going to, like, work out for you. Yeah. <laughs> In, like, the most polite way possible. But also, if I'm him and I'm leaving – Like, listen, I think he's going to be fine, but you're kind of setting yourself up for a weird sort of stage in terms of the dating pool by leaving, saying, I will wait for you until you're ready, Katie. Like, no, don't do that, bro. Get back out there. Fucking wiggle your way to paradise or something. I don't know. Yeah, do you think that was his bachelor audition? Oh, I wonder. I hadn't even thought about that. He's just, he like needs, maybe they could do it and give him a little bit more sex appeal. It's the same thing with Katie, right? Like before Katie was cast as Bachelorette, I was like, I don't know. There's some sort of it factor that's missing to to carry the whole show. Um, But maybe they could do it. They could put him in some hot football stuff, make it throw him (laughs) in some outdoor showers like they did Colton. And they'll be fine. (laughs) I don't, I don't like her for running back down the stairs. Like it was just so... It just was so, like, have your cake and eat it, too. Like, and just saying, like, if there was a way for you to stay for a little longer, would you? It's like, that's, 
I, I don't know. I, I feel like both parties were wrong. I'm on no one's side <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I don't that know. Seemed to me, open the note and then stay in the room crying and get yeah. footage of him, him getting back to the car. That's the right. Yeah. It, having your cake and eating it too is sort of it. Especially going, do you want to stay for a little bit more? Yeah. He's also saying, <laughs> I will kick you out next week. And he was like, yeah, yeah I hear you and I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty bullshit, too. But I did think that the initial start of it was cute because he's he's good. He's good TV. I think he's darling. Like I just really quickly want to say that I have such a beef with the you know how they did like the fake Pike's Place market with the fish or whatever. And they throw the fish and you catch it. Have you ever done that in Seattle? Okay, so Mike and I went to Seattle for um, his cousin's wedding. It was beautiful. I had such a good time. And the fish market thing is clearly they pick the hottest girl there to catch the fish. And I was like right next to the girl they picked. And I was so upset about it. Oh my God, Alyssa. They only pick a hot girl to catch the fish. I wasn't hot enough. Upsetting. And of course Katie has caught the fish before. Rude. Oh, wow. That's so... Let's find that girl. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find that girl and slap her with a fish. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that we had something to say about The Bachelorette this week. That was, that makes me feel good. Yeah, and I'm excited for it to cut. Now I, like, feel like I have a better handle on what guys are left. I have my opinions. And now I'm, I'm feeling a lot more into it than I was at the beginning. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our, our weekly rant on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the continuing, like, just, like, waterfall of information that Erica is just (laughs) vomiting onto us. We now get this episode takes place the day that Tom was supposed to go to court in Chicago and he doesn't show up, correct? This was back in like November and there was just like all these horrible headlines and then Erica of course shows up at the girls trip and just walks in sobbing and says this is it's so bad and it's not gonna get good for a long time or some (laughs) paraphrased version of that and then goes on to tell us not only and she says it so like dryly that Tom had been cheating on her actively for years but that Tom got in a very, very bad car accident that she had at this had been playing down up until this point. There's just so much that she's throwing at the wall. What did this make you feel? I'm losing track of the story here. Um, I, don't I don't see why. think you can drive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could drive off a cliff without people knowing about it. Like, you're Tom Girardi. Like, the LAPD would be up there, you know, figuring out what happened and, like, airlifting you to a hospital, right? I You've just never don't understand. secretly driven off of a cliff and, and Mike just found you and you were like, don't, this is embarrassing. Don't tell a soul. <laughs> driven I, off a cliff? <laughs> I don't. And he was, like, unconscious for 12 hours but I'm unclear if that was part of him driving off a cliff like did you catch that whole thing oh and Sutton caught it in her talking head she was like I'm confused is the car totaled or was he flown out of the car where's the car in the story and I was like yes Sutton that's why you're here honey ask those questions yeah, absolutely. I think the only way we like Sutton is if she goes after Erica's, like, I'm a rich woman who's scorned story. Because I feel like mm-hmm. Sutton probably has a lot of experience with that. Mm-hmm. 
It was just confusing because we've talked a lot about the, on the pod, like her sort of breadcrumbing Tom's alibi, like solidifying everything that he's doing to defend himself in court by saying that he's senile, by saying he didn't know what was going on, he was losing his mind, yada, yada. So then she, she like finds a weird way to mention this car accident, suggesting that it would have affected his, his physical and mental being for years, the years afterwards, which is when supposedly all these crimes happen, which is not even true. He's been breaking the law for like a decade. But then out of the other side of his, her mouth, she's like, and he's been fucking all kinds of women for years. And so then that's more to support her. I got divorced from him because he's a bad husband thing. And it just, it was such a, such an overwhelming amount of information. And you could tell from the other women that are at the table who are like, wait, back up. What are you talking about? Yeah. And it's getting to a point where we were asking for so much. We were like, Bravo better deliver. We better get so much Erica footage, so much Erica alibi. And now I feel like I'm just inundated with it. I'm slapping it away. I'm like, my God, what's going on? She also said, and I love when housewives do this because it makes me feel like they're actually friends in real life. She was like, when Yolanda and David got divorced, I went through his phone. And yeah. I thought they got divorced because Yolanda had Lyme disease and couldn't, like, tour with him. And this makes me feel like, you know, maybe a Cat McPhee was involved, like, earlier on. Or there was some cheating or something, right? Because, like, if you go this whole time trusting your husband not going through his phone and then your friend gets divorced, that's it probably means they were talking behind the scenes about, like, what David did. I'm positive David was cheating on Yolanda when she had Lyme disease. It makes so because his whole thing was like, you're not like you can't like be my wife anymore because you're so you're like half of who you were. And so there's no way she wasn't like sick in her little apartment getting her treatments. And he was fucking some American Idol person. God, we are watching. We're rewatching Beverly Hills from the beginning. Right. And like obviously Gigi and Bella are on it. And Mike keeps saying like and what a nice treat it is that Muhammad Hadid and David Foster cannot fuck the most famous supermodels in the world which i think is an excellent point that's an excellent point bravo bravo mike thank you for that that's funny um yeah no i think this is exciting i look forward to watching beverly hills every week which is a nice feeling to have because even some you know sometimes it's like oh yeah that was enjoyable but i don't really have that much to say i'm not taking away a lot from the from the housewives shows and bh is really coming to play this season yeah truly i'm here for it um Could we talk about another very, very, very funny show? (laughs) Oh, my God. This is the funniest show on TV. (laughs) I can't even stand to talk about it. (laughs) I was, like, crying, like, laughing this morning. And and Mike was like, are you okay? And I was like, Heidi and Spencer have no money because of their crystals. Like, I couldn't – I could not contain myself. Um, Okay, where do we even start? The Pratts are broke, okay? And they they have a financial advisor, and she's like, okay – so what is your budget for your business? And they're like, <laughs> what do you mean? And what, what, Say that word again. How do you pronounce it? But bu- Budget? Bujat? Yeah. Bujat? <laughs> I thought it was Bouget. <laughs> and they're like, how much do you spend on crystals before you resell them? And they were like, I don't know. We see crystals we like. We buy them. And then I have to give them away. It sucks. <laughs> like, that's their business. <laughs> And I don't remember how much I bought them for. I I don't even remember how much they bought them for. And at some point, uh, Spencer's like, listen, I don't really, I'm not good at running my business. I need to go to business school. And I'm like, no, Spencer, you need to literally open Google or a dictionary. (laughs) Like, this is not you going to business school. 
you need to just very vaguely even start put your toe in the water of like using your brain logically like that's where you need to begin with this. he's like this is crazy. he's like I never wanted to be a businessman I just wanted more crystals and the only way I could get crystals is if I sold my previous crystals and I'm like bro like you should talk to Jason because I think you have a problem like I think you have a shopping addiction like yes this is tough all I could say is it became more and more clear to me this episode why I couldn't get you any Pratt Daddy merch over the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so crazy that all of this stuff is like sold out. Like they should be. I don't get it. I don't see a lot of people in L.A. walking around with it. Like I, I should be able to get a fucking Pratt Daddy shirt. And now I'm like, oh, my God, they had no idea what's going on. And like, remember, towards the end of the episode, he's like, I even have this like I my first crystal I bought was like this three pound quartz that I mean I was told it was from a volcano in Peru but I'm I mean I'm not sure if that's true it's like I just have questions like what is Heidi doing on the laptop you know what I mean because she's like I'm running the business and I do the family money and like blah 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 this is very important to me and it's like they're it's they're like we don't have we don't even know how to use excel like that's yeah. the level of i'm like are you just like texting people on your laptop and then they're like oh yeah we're spending 40 to fifty thousand dollars on marketing and the financial advisor was like you guys do realize like you are famous and you have a social media following right yeah she was like stop that immediately did you also <laughs> notice speaking of Heidi on the laptop at this meeting with the financial advisor Heidi had a notebook and pen and the financial advisor goes you should be checking your bank account at least once a week and they both nodded and then Heidi wrote it down yes Heidi had to write down Go check bank account. I get an email every morning how much money I have in my bank account just to make sure that I'm not fucking broke. Like, what are they what are they doing? I it's very confusing. Also, did you notice that they have um, like a pretty intense security system, which they should. I mean, they're famous. But like, as you and I have come to learn in adulthood, security systems are not cheap. No. So I'm looking at like the panel on their kitchen island with like what looks like 12 active cameras with like a live stream and I'm like that's got to be an insane bill like oh figure figure that out you guys I'll do you one better um their child was wearing a Gucci Gucci (laughs) t-shirt like when Brody Jenner was like hey man you're broke but I see you wearing Gucci all the time and Spencer's like ah that was like pre-covid when we had money I'm just like (laughs) I could cut so much from the budget like let's do like ten thousand dollars less of Botox a year Heidi like honestly people would probably think you look better like not to be an asshole it's so wild I I love seeing this an asshole there is I don't think of like it made me wonder if we're being punked this Justin Bobby (laughs) singing a song called Where the Drugs At at a Sobriety Foundation dinner. I I was like I this is a like I we're gonna be it's like the end of you know the original hills where they're just like gonna zoom out and we're on like a soundstage like it's and then it and then later it comes back and he does this interview about it. You sent me a video. We'll post it on the Insta. Where he's like, it's just, this is like a really important song with a really important message. It's called Where the Drugs At. It's, how do, how, what are we, what am I, am I, is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> you can't even 
she can't even talk about it, you guys. She can't even talk about it. Okay, I just have to tell you, for everyone not watching, Justin Bobby, in his interview look, is wearing a leather jacket with no t-shirt underneath, but suspenders over his nipples. (laughs) And I can smell him from here, and it's amazing. Ah, it really, if I'm Audrina, I'm looking at that like, wow, like, bad job, 20-something-year-old Audrina. He has a tattoo. Okay, so he has a tattoo on his neck that says justice, but now we've discovered a second tattoo on his little pot belly that I think says stallion. Can you literally imagine like having sex with him and seeing stallion on his stomach? I can't. It's too funny. It's too fucking funny. He he starts playing like a heavy metal song at this like really classy Laguna, you know, uh, ocean cliff overlooking, you know, the most beautiful sunset ever with all these elderly people who are like raising money for sobriety dressed in tux. And he's like doing some kind of like devil snake tongue like electric guitar like and everyone is silent it's so fucking funny pamela anderson's son is like first of all everyone here is like 60 i'm like great observation it's the first smart thought you've ever had in your life first of all everyone here is 60 like let's read the room on any level justin like maybe just like unplug you know like you could play the same song but just do it acoustic or something yeah i want to hear where the drugs at acoustically i want the npr tiny <laughs> desk of where the drugs at by Justin oh i'm sorry Bobby. the and yes that would be amazing also his band's name is bobby rocks <laughs> what kind of fucking idiot this guy is the luckiest person alive that he ever he got on this show truly is he really is but you got it i have to imagine and he and i mean he asserts this so maybe i'm just being brainwashed that even without the hills, like, this is what this guy would be doing. Just not a, on as big of a scale. But he would have gotten the stallion tattoo and be do, playing this character. This is this is the guy who was too far gone into what he's decided to be. And it's it's just a, it's a blessing for us that someone found him and put a camera on him. I think. That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> wow. Just so much joy comes from watching Justin Bobby. I can't yeah. even. I'm so grateful. <laughs> It's, it is a, such a funny, fun show. I highly recommend watching it. You guys, you don't even need to be just pop in for an episode. Just watch last week's episode. Put it on while you're doing something if you're not crazy like us and watching it and taking notes. Wait, also, we have to go. talk about this pizza girl girl. Oh, yeah. Tell me what's the tea. Okay, so her dad owns Demore's Pizza, and then she got, like, divorced from her husband who is, like, running her dad's business. And then they talk about her as a pizza heiress all the time, and she – named her company pizza girl but she doesn't sell anything that has to do with pizza i hate that yeah and so that's basically the gist of it and people have just been ripping on her and she's a dj of course and so i have been watching this the whole time being like who's this boring girl who was like kind of a minor plot for caitlin like she was friends but wanted to be more and then they do the pizza girl launch and i was like oh my god i did not realize we've been blessed with the pizza girls presidents the whole season like good for Uh. her this makes sense. I, too, want to join the community that is criticizing the name of a marinara sauce that's called, or pasta sauce that's called Pizza Girl. It's like making a yogurt and I'm called Smoothie Girl. Like, like it's just sort of a different, <laughs> it's so confusing. Like, do you want my Smoothie Girl yogurt? With I do, no, I don't make, you could put it, I guess, in a smoothie, but, like, it's it's better just as its own. It's better just as yogurt. It's like, what are you talking It's about? truly, like, so much money spent on, like, such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah and she's like I think I made it and you're like okay 
<laughs> I think you made it too, pizza girl. Uh, all right, let's get into, we have a, a fun interview about just the craziest and dare I say shrillest of housewives. And I hope you guys enjoy. This week, we are doing a deep dive on really the OG of OGs, or at least she'd want me to say that, Vicki Gunvalson. And here to whoop it up with us is fellow podcast host, fellow reality TV lover, and fellow Britney Spears advocate, host of Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk, Grant Rudder. Welcome to the pod. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes, we had so much fun on your pod this week, and it seems like we're such kindred spirits in the things that we love and are excited to talk about. And when we kind of talked about what we wanted to get you to focus on on the pod, I like threw out that we haven't talked about Vicky yet, which is crazy because we love taking moments to sort of deep dive on especially like iconic Real Housewives like this. And you were like, you know what, let's do it because I think I have sort of a hot take, which is basically just that you maybe like her a little bit. Let's get into it. <laughs> I, I, I don't. If you wanted to talk about Vicky Gumbelson, I don't know who else you're going to get that is that much of an advocate for her after all this time. <laughs> wow. Not, unfortunately, the way she ended things, people are just kind of over her. So, you know, I still recognize and respect the position she's held. So I'm ready. Okay, great. Let's let's get it. I mean, I hear where you're coming from even right off the bat that it's sort of easy to forget where we came from, right? And really, we all came from just Orange Friggin County and this woman with this wild voice. So is that part of why you, you're, you're still a little pro Vicky? Like we should we should respect what she's done for all housewives? Like, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, she was the last original standing and she which i did not agree with that she called oc her show i think it's i've always said these are ensemble shows but yes there's a certain respect for someone who just held on for that long and to see how it evolved or in some cases people could argue the show devolved i mean it was never a super highbrow but she had to like she had to evolve with it whether she wanted to or not to stay and unfortunately the show is so different and this is all the, the franchise the whole show it's just evolved so much and changed that it kind of outgrew her or she outgrew it. But it's just not the same thing from when it started. But if you think about it, this is someone who never really was like, like she didn't have to fight to get on the show. She didn't have to mold her life to be on it. They followed mm -hmm. her life. And in a way, she kind of created the original mold for what it is to be a housewife and a reality TV star by just being herself. So there's something mm -hmm. to be said for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, I mean, look, we were talking before we started recording about fun highlight videos of Vicky and looking back at like the her screaming at a rental car company for not sending the right sized van and her being like 12 bags, 12 bags and six people and you sent a family van. Like you get the sense that this would, like you said, this is how she would be acting if cameras weren't there. She would be oh, screaming, yeah. my family's going on a cruise to whoever was on that line without Bravo cruise present. And so there's something really nice about that in an age now where we're talking, we see a lot of new housewives coming to play where they might seem inauthentic or like they're trying to make a big TV moment or they're trying to prove how almost out of touch they are. And Vicky was just living it. 
She was living it. And I got to say, the accent is on point, by the way. I'm just here. <laughs> I just watched that video. So, yes, I picked up on that right away. She's from outside Chicago, right? So, yes. Yeah, it has just like a weird sort of Midwestern twang. And it just it gets weird, really. Yeah. And it makes her seem, of course, like more like a Karen to me whenever she's screaming. Because there's just this weird accent happening that makes it even more like yeah. obnoxious mom moment. I will say I had a very similar reaction when I rewatched that video when you I, I when you mentioned Karen. Because um, like in the past, like that was hilarious to me. I mean, that was like groundbreaking. It was, I mean, for what it was, it was just ridiculous. And now mm-hmm. you see these people who are on the phone with someone who probably has no idea what her reservation number even is, no idea that they needed two vans. And you know, she's yelling at this guy who's probably working at an early morning shift and has no say. And so that type of stuff is annoying now. But for the mm-hmm. time being, I mean, yes, it's definitely hyper privilege. But I don't know. It's it's still just because of its stature and the housewives like moments it's we just have to kind of take that out of it and just enjoy it for what it is no I was gonna say I guess the question then becomes and I know this I don't want to get too far down the roni rabbit hole but the the are we sick of watching like old rich ladies behave badly is that like are we sick of it now that's the thing Never, never. No. <laughs> I, that's my character, my character archetype. I love that. Even when I watch the the soaps, I mean, I, I love the older women who are playing these roles and uh, are just so over the top. But yeah, I mean, I don't agree with like you know certain forms of disrespect. But I there's something about Vicky. There's something about these older people, like you mentioned on OC, that just kind of like they have no f's left to give, and they're <laughs> there, and it's enjoyable because they're not performing like where you're looking at someone like who's a Jennifer Aiden type. I mean, they're just like yeah. auditioning and, you know, they're they're really trying to fill a role. So, yes, an older woman who doesn't care, who lets it all go crazy. Yes, I like it. <laughs> um, what do you think the worst mistake Vicky's ever made on this show is? <laughs> Which I feel like is a question that you could interpret many different ways. So I'm excited to hear what you pick. Yeah, you know, the... The biggest mistake I think she did was just sticking around as a friend of. And, of course, everyone wants probably us to talk about the cancer stuff, and I'm sure that will come up. But, you know, like I said, the show kind of evolved or devolved, and it changed with her. And I think she hung on too long, as she should have had more respect for herself to not come back. That's my unique take on her. She definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way. but uh, And I'm not here to, like, completely defend her and all this stuff. I'm not, like, a major super fan. But, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you got to know when – to fold them a little bit and mm-hmm, she just hung mm-hmm. on too long and she she was extremely unlikable after brooks and they when they went remember they had that awful trip where they went to um not greenland what well, well, iceland and i mean that that trip went on it was so dark you never saw the sun it went on for six weeks that <laughs> that trip i didn't enjoy her on that that was a tough season for her because she didn't she didn't have any advocates whatsoever she was by herself and it was just like it was uncomfortable so, I mean, that was a, a low point for her on the show, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Sense. I want to, I do want to get into Brooks. And I, because I think that, first of all, what a, I have to think of him as a, as a <laughs> character because I don't want to give him this like horrible person any more attention than he deserves. So I'm thinking about him as a fictional character in this conversation. How in, do you have any any sympathy for for Vicky and Vicky's family in terms of him bamboozling her, or do you think he, or do you think a lot of this is that she should have seen it from a mile away? 
Well, you know what's crazy is that she should have saw it on her own television screen because this isn't something that <laughs> like was, you know, she didn't have to take her daughter's word for it. And Brianna was incredible through all those scenes. I can only imagine how frustrated she was. And just all those years of having to put up with him and the comments that he would make to her, absolutely disgusting. And so why mm -hmm. did it take as long as it did? I mean, he was on the show for a while. He was on for a couple seasons, yeah. a couple years. She, she Can't she look back and see this? And I know like... You know, people will say that he probably put his best foot forward being on the show, but it, not really. I mean, the other women were so quick to call him out. So I thought that was, you know, a little much. But I wanted to make a point, though, because uh, Vicky was an easy target. And mm -hmm. she set herself up where she's on this TV show and she is a woman of w wealth and means. And um, what's the difference between Vicky's position then and Teresa Judice's position now? I mean, they're both mm -hmm. really vulnerable to those types of men. True. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it it's weird as well. And this is a messed up thing to say, I acknowledge, but like, it's kind of one of the better things that's happened to her on the show because it made her a little bit sympathetic and it also was at the same time as Dirty John. And so yes. she was like, me, that's totally happened to me and like had so much to say about it and gave her such a storyline. Even though when she was in it, I don't think anyone liked her defending what was happening and it did seem like she was actually getting involved in the lying at a certain point when like Shannon was trying to help out with the doctor's appointments and all of that. Um, but I, I was going to say the worst thing that's ever happened to her was leaving Dawn. Do you guys, oh. or the worst mistake she's ever made <laughs> on the show. Oh. Uh, she, she might agree with you with that. She did say that sh she regretted that at least. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, what a tragic woman. Yeah. I mean, I remember that, <laughs> that wedding, I mean, that, um, you know, ceremony on the beach and like, it's just like, yeah, I mean, that was a moment for the show and that was before it all went off the the rails um i'm meaning all of the shows and it was about really about their lives and their marriages now it's like so false but yeah that's that was a moment i don't know i wasn't in their marriage so maybe maybe she did do the right thing but yeah that's i miss those days yeah she did didn't she in like talking heads and stuff afterward too be like and she acknowledged that it was like a mistake and she missed him no or am i like making that up in my head I think she Dawn. did say at one point, yeah, like, you know, yeah. like, should I should have worked with Don more. Or I should have worked less yeah. and worked with Don more. And it more. was in, Something like, sort of that. just a confessional. I'm remembering it in a confessional. I'll have to look it up to double check. Yeah. And, I, and I just remember being like, oh, that's actually, actually a huge thing to say. It's just like a quick throwaway comment in a confessional on Real yeah. Housewives. I'm like, oh, no, that's so major. <laughs> Um, okay. What do we think of her iconic quote? Uh, her love tank is on empty. That's it's so Aww. sad. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm just shipping Dawn and Vicky. That's like the <laughs> the main takeaway, I guess, from my experience with Vicky Gumbelson is like I just want them to get back together. Well, you know, it was like a tale of like this working woman that was a modern woman who had her own business and trying to juggle her marriage and all this. I mean, and just that wanted was... to like go on a lake boat and yeah. that's it and just like crack a cold one for her husband it, that was... it had it had to be hard for the husband too because like she wanted him there when she wanted him there but then she really wanted to be able to do her business and travel mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i mean it's like a, a, not that marriage isn't going to really necessarily work that way if you're not going to a put in any work and then b just it's all going to be on your own terms and your own schedule like 
yeah, I guess I can't be surprised. And she also like really wanted to just go to her high school reunion and do shots and like scream flirt at people. And so I understand. <laughs> I understand why it didn't work. Um, scream yeah. flirt. That's such a good verb. <laughs> and precisely, precisely what she does. I mean, wouldn't you just give anything to just like be in Mexico and all of a sudden you turn around and she's like dancing on a bar she and hollering. She is whooping it, you guys. She's whooping it yes. up. She's got to whoop it up. Oh, I would. I, I, I all at once like... I'm so like judgmental and critical of it. I go whoop it up is not even a good slogan, Vicky. It's like not even good on paper, but then at the same time, it actually is very fun to say and do. Yeah. So I, what, who am I to say? It's fun to whoop oh, it up. Many of her opening taglines were all of her going woohoo and boats <laughs> and cars and uh, d- uh, tabletops. So I mean, yeah, that she, that was her, that was her version of turtle time. Um, yeah, exactly. She it's so interesting to me too because she is so judgmental and she was very I feel like she was pretty like I'm a Christian woman, whatever. And oh, she but yeah. then she would also go like lose her mind in Puerto Vallarta and like <laughs> close down the bar dancing on tables and you know, couldn't contain herself during the pandemic from doing that. And so I just, I didn't realize that was like a big part of Christianity was whooping it up as well. Whooping it up. You guys, I just looked up her taglines through the seasons. And do either of you know her first season one tagline in the opening credits? No. I I do. I do. You do? You do say it. I don't want to get old. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. I don't want to get old. That's her <laughs> tagline. That's, that is so, so darkly funny. I can't. And it's again, when things like this are said in the housewives so fast, as if it's just like quick, fast, sort of funny thing, yeah. but then you really pause it and go, Oh my God, that's such a dark thing to say. I don't want to get old. She's had a real journey with plastic surgery. And I feel like, to her credit, she's been one of the most honest housewives. Like, when she shows up and she looks really fucked up. Like, remember that one dinner she showed up to (laughs) outside and her hair was all fucked up and all her, like, plastic surgery was (laughs) fresh? And she was like, look, it didn't settle yet. We had to start shooting. I really respect her for that. (laughs) She looked like a mess from the M to the double S in that shot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, I'm still on this tagline thing. My tank is full and I'm driving into my future is one of my my favorites. Yeah. I make my own rules, so don't expect me to follow yours. That one's pretty good. I'm the OG of the OC and everyone else is just a copy. Man. Now, who else? Yeah. Who else can say that? That is unique to her. And that was her title for a long time. That's why I was really surprised that they, they got rid of her the way they did, because I've said this for a long time. If there was an opportunity to get rid of Vicky, it would have been after Brooks. She had to have been at, like, peak low popularity. She was friends with virtually nobody on the canvas. Nobody wanted to film with her. So I don't know why she was able to outlast that. And then when she was able to keep her friendships going with the Trace Amigas and company, like, that's when they got rid of her. So it just the yeah. timing was strange. I agree. Yeah, that does sure. make sense. I, I, and that it doesn't. But... uh what do, what do we think about Tamara and hers friendship slash no more? I think like seeing them become best friends and then enemies and then best friends and, and it, like more than anyone else in any other franchise. They gave me whiplash. With Tamara? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of that and like in so many words that like Tamara said on podcasts, like 
producers encourage them to make up so they can like hey we have a job to do like you know you should really mm. chat with her so i think if this were real life vicky and tamra would have like 800 fights ago they would have been like forget it we're done but because they keep having mm. these cameras in their world they have to, you know they have to shoot together and sit across from each other so i think organically they would have fallen apart but yeah, I mean they're they're like soul sisters, you know what I mean? They've weathered how many years on this show together. Now it's almost just like a like a, a sisterly bond, I think. And with that comes uproars and highs and lows. I wonder what because we and we talked about this a little bit on your pod. Tamara Judge sort of teasing being on the upcoming season of Real Housewives of OC. Uh, how that would make Vicky feel? Do you think she's jealous? I think yeah. Vicky will always be jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Until she gets a contract. Because she's like been writing about this and making it public. She's like, I haven't heard anything about contracts. I haven't seen anything. Come like She's still like look, waiting with a candle in the window, kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Would you let her insure your stuff? I knew you would ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't have any insurance. So, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> you should have renter's insurance or something, right? I, I don't know. know. I should. Yeah, yeah. you should don't have. Tell I don't tell anybody. Yeah. yeah. Insurance is impossible. My God. And the fact that I, once I, like, finally, finally was able to get my own health insurance, I was so excited. And then I went to go to the eye doctor because I'm nearly blind. And they were like, nah, this isn't included. And I was like, okay, that blows. And then I went to the dentist to get my teeth fixed. And they were like, no, this isn't included. And I was like, what is the point of any of this? I don't understand yeah. in any insurance. So for that reason, I would potentially take Vicky uh, to insure my shit because, man, she takes pride in her work. And, like, what if I filed a claim and, I and like, she would be just, like, so aggressive about getting that money, I think, right? Yeah, mm. that's true. You do want I really like to like believe that. she, yeah, that she is, like, very aggressive at her job as well. She, yeah, she's had the longest-running housewives business, if you think about it. I mean, wow. so many have come and gone, but... She's still, and she's never been like investigated, indicted, uh, LLC yeah. money transfers. Like it's just like she just runs her business. So yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. I think maybe perhaps we don't think about that enough. <laughs> There's just so many criminals. The bar, involved. I know the the bar is so low just to be like a, a business owner, you know. Yeah, we're just like, oh, the government isn't coming after her assets. What a successful queen. <laughs> yeah, she, exactly, exactly. Yes. Slash, like you're not making like arm cuff bracelets like Lynn oh my God. <laughs> just yes. like, oh it's like a real that business that people actually need yeah <laughs> that was like such a time in the show it was such simple time where like they would like, go on family vacations they would just follow the families traveling and like it was just like they, it, it wasn't about having sit downs and group activities and sitting in front of each other's like houses talking like it was just such a different time i miss that kind of like fly on the wall aspect from that time like say what you want about lynn but it was a different type of show yeah i think this so i don't know where you grew up but i grew up in agora hills which is like not the i mean my my personal life wasn't the level of wealth of Coto de casa but it was a suburb you know and so i think sometimes yeah. i have a hard time watching this original version of this show especially because it reminds me so much of my childhood and the people that I was around when I was growing up and like watching Lynn's daughters get served on TV like during the housing crisis is just the best way you can explain to anyone what that time period was about it's such an accurate picture of like what yes. people were going through don't you think and down to the like 
what are those tops called? Like sky tops or something? Yes. God, yeah. I just, the glamour, the all of it. The Starbucks, yeah. like I, it's so familiar to me and I have so much like disdain for it, but I shouldn't because it's like my roots, you know? Yeah, it's a time capsule. It really is a time <laughs> capsule. And like, that's, I think what we're missing now. We're just, now it's like the stuff that they're shooting could be, kind of could have been done except for obviously COVID times but like it's nothing that special or unique but back then you have a housing crisis and having that capture with those two awful daughters like you can't replicate that yeah absolutely (laughs) I was just gonna talk about something horribly sad um I cannot believe that we saw her get a phone call that her mom died on the show (gasps) yeah and that's why I think people need to respect Vicky more because like she has her life played out on the show for however many years and like that was like imagine that like she has a camera crew on her and like you're taking that in she's on the floor you're she's at somebody else's house with a mic pack on her like i can't even imagine like that having to endure that yeah i uh i totally agree with you like as much as i don't want to hang out with her i if i saw her in public i'd probably freak out but uh i i really think that she has bared it all good or bad and like been very like the love tank comment to me is the same thing where it's like you're just being yourself you're being totally honest about what your relationships are um and i when she says like i created housewives this is because of me it's because of moments like that where she's like I didn't edit anything. I gave you guys everything. So I understand how that could sort of go to your head in a way. Or you could be a little resentful of like not having as much control after you do things like that. Yeah, I think you could have the really big sort of hangover of, well, now, yeah, of course, now what is my life like now that I am not on this show? And it makes way more sense to me when you're thinking about somebody like her who has, who did share it all. Like now where I feel like now we often talk about housewives who are accused of being withholding and like or cold and like not sharing details about their lives or their personal lives or they seem like too polished and yeah you look at somebody one of the one of the original members like Vicky who shared every every detail of her life and her vulnerability and her job and her kids which I also wanted yeah. to talk about because I really really like Michael and Brianna 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 right Brianna yeah Brianna I loved Brianna. I liked getting like updates of it. She's like one of the kids or whenever she would like come back in after she moved out of California and they would do an update. I was like, oh, I'm glad she's doing good. She felt like a cousin or something to me. I just mm-hmm. like wanted updates about. Mm-hmm. And as you said earlier, man, she had to really tough out some crazy stuff with Brooks. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being in her shoes? When I would recap OC, I always said that she was the smartest one on the show. I mean, she always had her life together. She was, you know, basically putting herself through the school, like school while being like dealing with health issues. And, yeah. you know, she would look at her, look to her mother who was like on the bar or right at the, remember, you remember the scene where Tamara throws the glass of wine in Gina's face and it cuts right to Brianna and she goes, I thought we were at a classy party. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it's just like she has literally sat on the sidelines and watched her mother and company make fools of themselves and she's the smartest one. Yeah, absolutely. And she really grounds the whole thing. Like she is the audience's reaction for a lot of it. And like, you know, God yes, bless her yes. still having a relationship with her mom because that kind of parent is very challenging to like you know, there she Vicky's not very good with boundaries. I think that's part of the reason why they moved away. Um, and Brianna gave it her all to like continue to have a relationship with her all these years. So I respect yeah. that. Yeah. Oh gosh, could you imagine getting in a debate with your mom or dad and then being like, "Roll the tape, 
Like literally show the footage. <laughs> I, I, you friggin' said this. I'm gonna show it to you, and then to still feel like you're talking to a wall after all of that would be just bananas. Do we know what her son's doing now? I don't know. I was thinking about that, and I went to go Google it, and it occurred to me that we haven't even discussed her love tank currently being full with her fiancé, Steve Lodge, which is, like, Mm -hmm, of course mm -hmm. his name, who announced that he is entering the race for governor of California. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Oh, I remember reading that a while ago and being like, no, 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 no. And knowing, of course, nothing about him other than the fact that he's currently Vicky's fiancé, which is already disqualifying (laughs) for me. Although, can I say, I know you just said you would freak out if you saw her in real life. Imagine you're, like... At a political fundraiser, at what Brienne would call a fancy party, and it's some sort of just like big gala. Everybody's dressed up, and then Vicky Gunvalson just gets on a table and starts whooping it up <laughs> like that. I think the first lady is, of California, first lady of California. I think it would be just so funny. But also, guys, he looks weirdly like um, Brooks to me. Am I crazy? Maybe he's just like an older white guy, so I don't know. I'm uh, I yeah, I didn't, yeah, I don't know. The one thing I find, the only thing I know about him because this was on the show was like he loves guns. Like he's very pro gun, which to me okay. I'm the total opposite. Like, <laughs> Isn't from he me, a I, cop? I'm very opposite. Yeah, he was like an ex. He had a pretty big role in the place. I can't remember his title, but I mean, yeah. And then I think his brother is Roger Lodge from that show Blind Date. Mm-hmm. So he what? has. Yeah, so he has like Hollywood connections. It's his family is like a popular name in California, from what I can understand. Mm. I think it's more more an OC, but um, yeah, I guess if that That's means anything so to anybody, a former homicide detective with the Santa Ana Police Department, and he knows how to save California. Yeah. <laughs> He's saying make California, California again. So we that's really all you need to know about Oh, my God. Are you serious? Are you, make, are you making no, that up? No, that's his slogan for his run. For I mean, anyone who's running against Newsom is going to be like that, obviously. Oh, God. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's tough. It's a really, look, we live here, and we're not in a good place. So Right. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I moved out of California at the end, towards the end of last year. And I mean, I was like, the, when I was driving to the airport, I was like, this place needs to get their act together because it was just yeah i mean there's a lot of problems but i mean the the bottom line is using that and if you're going to run on the super conservative events you're only going to get people in oc in like central california to vote for you so i don't that's not the approach sir that is not going to help you <laughs> you're no schwarzenegger steve just go back to fill in vicky's love tank and let it be okay buddy yeah. Do you guys I have, wonder, though, it's funny because of everybody's politics, like technically probably not, but just personality, maybe spiritually, is there a housewife you would want to be the first lady of California? Heather oh, Dubrow, yeah. obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, she's the only, I don't look, I don't know what her yeah. politics are, but I like to assume that they're better than everybody else's. And <laughs> uh, she's got it together. You know, she's a planner. I feel like she could really get in there and fix some shit. She would give California a facelift, Alyssa? Yes. Get it? Get it? There it's a plastic go. surgery joke. <laughs> and Grant, have you been watching OC? Have you seen every season? Are you totally caught up? Yeah, I'm, well, 
yes and no because I did not watch the last season because it was just unwatchable. I did watch the two-part reunion, which was more than enough of what I needed to get through. You know, they played the clips and they asked questions, and I, everyone that I've talked to said I made the right move. I, I missed virtually nothing. So, yeah, I've, oh, I'm cool with where better. I'm at. Yeah, I'm cool yeah, with where I'm too, at. Yeah, we too. I mean, I don't think I was super, super. I guess I was actually, because when we had started the pod, we were covering it, Alyssa. So I think I was somewhat caught up, and then we just really had to boycott it after so, so much political hot messness and like Kelly Dodd being like downright dangerous. Arguably, and I'm hoping that people listening to this podcast are like OC super fans, and I'm wondering what the take is on this, but my take is she came in, they. Kelly, Kelly Dodd came in. They, they they gave her the show. She had that moment in the Chinese restaurant calling shit in the C words, sc- screaming and yelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. She had the moment later on with like putting her face up against the window with the quiet woman. We had those moments that we all <laughs> laughed at, but what the problem was that they just got too carried away and now they lean so heavy into what is crazy Kelly going to do? And they're trying to push the other women to have their moments. And it's just, it got too phony and it went really one end where it was just like trashy and it was just low and it was not aspirational anymore. And now you're seeing this course correction and they waited too damn late to make it. Mm -hmm. Um, But if they had like eight women, which the international cities do in some of them, it would have been Kelly in small doses. But when you have a cast of five or six people and you dedicate like 15 minutes of airtime per episode to what Kelly's doing and saying, that's when it gets dicey. Yeah. It's that's when you can create a monster is what you're saying, Yeah, which is, yeah, 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 it does make, I mean, I am also pro the big casts for so many reasons and yeah, it does feel like there is such a fine line between like what we said, we love seeing, we love seeing some mature women do some bad or crazy things, but you don't want to have, a woman who was making actually really bad decisions hold a microphone and have the stage for too long because then it just becomes super, super detrimental. It becomes yeah. no good. They, they, they gave the excited. show to her. They yeah. gave the show to Kelly, and then they built the show this last season around Bronwyn. So, I, I you know, they I don't know who's telling them what to do over there. But there's a lot <laughs> of work they have to do with the show. It's a shame what became of OC, but at least we can celebrate the good times here on the show. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's also just like uh, the, the crux of the issues used to be, you know, like Vicky screaming, you're supposed to be my friend, my sister, my soulmate. And that's about like personal things that we're seeing play out on the show. And it seems like yes. what happened with Kelly was things that were off the show that had to do with her as a person, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's not yeah. as either way it's not going to be as enjoyable or as lucrative to watch yeah you know what moment though will always i can listen to it and it puts a smile on my face every time i just and i have to bring it up since we're talking about vicky exclusively on this episode the bunko party in full makeup <laughs> fake hair yeah in the most odd pitch scream that could never be replicated quoting you're not a mother. You have no idea what it's like. <laughs> With that something... 80s hair. Oh, my yes. God. <laughs> that is something that I carry with me in my everyday life. And I say that quite often. It never applies. <laughs> never, ever applies to anything. But you're not a mother. You have no idea what it's like. That just it, it, It's a stress relief for me. And to me, it is a level 
of um like i i, I it's an icon moment in my point so of it's iconic, iconic iconic it's so original and so <laughs> crazy and sense like, we'll have to put a clip nowhere. of that on the instagram that's so please funny. <laughs> do because she's engaging with gretchen and like they're just like arguing and then gretchen's like you're smoking crack vicky and then all of a sudden the screech emerges <laughs> it's just it's it's wonderful it's real it's in the moment and that is what made housewives housewives for me amen that's so true grant can you tell uh everybody a little bit more about your pod and where they could find it what you talk about yeah i mean i i've been talking about housewives for many years i started doing that over at after buzz tv so i know my audience so i still give them the take um, on the shows, I think a lot of, I, let's just say I think Housewives have really peaked, but they're still relevant and they've replaced, you know, a lot of other TV and it's just grown so much in the reality scape, the drama scape, like now you're seeing more and more quote unquote names being part of these shows. So I don't think they're going anywhere, but um, mm -hmm. they've really changed. So I analyze a lot of that. I talk a lot about like why these decisions are made or like when you guys were on my podcast basically we said like what's working what's not working with roni and like what's next for roni and we really broke it down so that's a good example of like the stuff that i'll talk about over there we'll talk about stuff that's happened in the bravo news world but also because there's some hollywood talkers in the title there's an opportunity to talk about some more broad things so we'll look at articles yeah. that are in variety we'll look at things that are being produced or um you know, gossip as well. Um, I'm not a big award show fan, so I'll talk a little bit about that. I've covered a lot of nonsense. And then there's a lot of things I just don't <laughs> care to talk about. Like I have a, a standing rule where I would just will never talk about the Kardashians because like at the time when I created the show in 2015, everyone and everything was about the Kardashians. <laughs> so I was like, they, you can listen to any other show and get information on that. Mm. So it's like a safe space from Kardashians because that, that what. <laughs> That was the news. You know, that just was the whole news cycle was what Chris and Kim were doing. So I wanted to give people a break from that. And now it's changed, but now everything is on Instagram. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit of talking about that. But Britney Spears is a big part of the show. Reality TV, TV in general, like what are you watching? What are you not watching? Fall TV ratings and all that good stuff. But yeah. Yeah, it's so much of the stuff that Alyssa and I will just like sort of talk about in conversation before we get into our recaps. It's a lot of the same things that I think us and our listeners are all interested in, especially all the Britney stuff, but like fun, weird celebrity couple news. And, you probably yeah, get to talk about to like so many things that would get us like uh, career ended. So that's exciting. Yeah. Go to that. <laughs> go, to, go to Grant's podcast for those takes on like actual scripts yeah. and TV that where we're trying to yeah. keep, you know, being employed. Right. <laughs> I just want to say. And I went back. I have looked for the scene. I cannot find it. I've begged people to help me find it. I, I don't even know if it exists. Perhaps it's a figment of my imagination. But I remember <laughs> it was an Alex Alexis Bellino season. Tamara and Vicky were in a limo. They were driving to a dinner. They were talking about Jim. And this embodies Vicky for me. She turned to Tamara and she said, Jim, what does he do? What does he do? Does he work? Does he work? What does he do? Does he work? And it was just like <laughs> so Vicky. <laughs> And that, and that, I like. I love that she was so obsessed with who was working and who was not working. And I feel that way. I've always felt that way. I like. What do these people do? Do they work? How do they get their money? Like she was me. Like always trying because she. 
we have very similar work ethics. And oh, I was yeah. like, what are these people doing? I'm absolutely like that. And I feel like you really just <laughs> helped me come around to enjoying Vicky for who she is. She was obsessed with that. She was constantly like, these women's like hobbies while their husband's paper shit is not work. Yeah. I am doing certificates of yes. insurance all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing she said was she was like, I don't see anybody working. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it, it, it's just like, I love it. <laughs> like, that's, like, she is me in that sense. Because, like, yeah, I'm not afraid to be like, oh, really? You're, th- this one's going on another trip? And does she just <laughs> got a new car? Like, I notice that stuff. Oh, really? I, I'll, I'll go on Instagram, like, oh, a second trip in a month, huh? What do you, what do you, what do you do? Do you work? Like, so, I know, I'm always like, family money, yeah. family money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, that, for that alone, for Vicky's work ethic, you got to give it up. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Grant. This was so fun to do. We, I mean, we owed it to her. We owed it to her in her quote-unquote show. Uh, so thank you for coming on and spotlighting her with us. Oh, my pleasure. This is fun. This is a good topic for me. Because, yeah, there's the good <laughs> and the bad with her. So thank you so much. 